This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast the official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast. My name is Joe Humphrey and I am joined today by Gabriel Bringers. Good day. And Robbie Payne. Hey, what's up? And collectively we are Chrome Unboxed. And in this podcast we take some of the news from the week or just some of the things we've been pondering and discussing around the office and kind of flesh them out. You know, go into go in depth on some things here. So the first one that I wanted to talk about today is I'm not going to call it a Pixelbook. This is just a made-by-Google device at this point. That's all we're going to call it. It's, yeah, it's the yeah. Eve baseboard, but it's just a made-by-Google made by device, potentially. And, yeah, and it's all of this grain of salt. Uh, or not. Or not. Or it's not. Or it's Gosh. real. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I guess it was a couple weeks ago. Um, what was the other Geekbench thing? that came? Oh, it was, it was uh, some 8th gen. 8th yeah. gen. Uh, processors showing up on the baseboard Eve, Eve. which... The Eve baseboard is the Pixelbook. Like that's all it's ever been. That's all it's ever come from. It is Pixelbook. So if we see the you know motherboard Eve and a benchmark show up, it's it's Pixelbook. And so Kevin Tofel over at uh, about Chromebooks had come across eighth gen uh, Pixelbooks being tested. So eighth gen Intel, the ones that are shipping and are available right now, are seventh gen. So that obviously raised some some eyebrows. And it was curious that they're using an old baseboard, right? Because we're kind of under that assumption, like Atlas is the next Pixel Book. Maybe I don't know. It's it feels like they're messing with us. I feel like eventually we're going to get to talk to these guys at at one of the Google events, and they're just going to laugh. They're going to be like, yeah. like, like because so many like we've we talked with these guys, guys. And, and there's been this you know stuff where they're like, yeah, you know, you caught that or you found that. We didn't think you'd, you'd find that. Like I, I feel like they've they've pulled one over on us right now. We're we're a little lost with. Pixel books and made by Google hardware, but um, this was f- Sunday. It was Sunday. I came across. I was actually up in Louisville, um, and I don't even know why I that's, looked. That's Louisville was, for those of you that don't live Kentucky. Here. Louisville, yes, Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> um, and um, for whatever reason, we were waiting on our dinner or something. So I was flipping through, and and it just hit me, and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up in Geekbench and just see if any other weird things have shown up with the Pixel book, and. You know, like, hold. you know, like you do, um, <laughs> you know, like you do on your free time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you, you guys do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we I, all do that. Okay. I'm sure everybody cool. listening does the same thing. Yeah. Everyone, everyone does that. Yep. And so I, I didn't find anything interesting until I came across, I searched Eve and there were all of these listings for an Eve motherboard with some sort of weird, um, it said Intel placeholder, but when you, when you clicked into it and looked at the actual benchmark, it had all this stuff about arm and these being ARM processors, and I, so I'm not even sure exactly what they're doing. It's just really clear that they are running some sort of testing to figure out how to run ARM chips on the the Pixelbook's hardware for some reason. And so they wouldn't just be doing this for no reason. I mean, clearly they're trying something or testing something. Our hope is, you know, we're going to see an ARM-based uh, Pixelbook at sure. some point in the future, or an ARM-based Google something. Chromebook, Tablet, some sort. So, yeah. um, so for those for those that don't know, that might be listening, what what is ARM? How is it different than Intel? What would be the benefits of them doing yeah, this? Yeah. So, so nutshell, ARM versus x86. So x86 is anything made by Intel or AMD. They're the chips you see in lots and lots of Chromebooks and almost all Windows devices. Save there's a handful of ARM ones. Well, so a little side note there, mm-hmm. but in general, uh, MacBooks. 
you know, desktop class devices have x86 processors in them. So, you know, Core i5, that's an right. x86, or AMD Ryzen, blah, blah, blah. Um, ARM chips are found in um, tablets and phones. So the phone you have in your hand that maybe you're listening to this podcast on right now, 99.999% chance. I don't even think some of the, any of those little weird Intel ones are even out there anymore, but mm. it could be. So you could, you may be one of those people. If you have one that's still running, God bless you. <laughs> yeah. It's a rough go of it, man. Get a new phone. Yeah. For real. Um, but the arm has come in and kind of taken over that lane and, you know, they're trying to get into, um, servers and that kind of stuff. Sure. But arm chips, the benefit there is uh, much lower TDP. So they, they draw way less on battery. Um, they're becoming, on par Stinking power powerful. yeah they, they used to be way behind what intel was doing with x86 but you know that we could go so far into depth on this yeah. but um transistor space um so the processes on these chips as they get smaller and smaller it's like the synapses in your brain so when stuff has to fire from one synapse to the next uh from one transistor to the next the closer they are clearly the faster that can go the less energy is expended the mm. faster the processes can happen well intel's been stuck on 14 or uh, have they made it to 10? 10 10 will be here eventually yeah that's no, what it, it, yeah they're 10 here. is supposed to be here 2020 so right and arm moved to 10 nanometer processes over a year ago? Oh yeah. Um, yeah the latest the latest stuff is this seven? Seven. Eight fifty five is a seven, seven nanometer process. So we're talking seven nanometers versus fourteen. Nanometers are really tiny, really, really, really tiny, but you're talking about half the distance every computational move that has to be done on the chip, half the distance for these newer chips versus what Intel's got on the market. So what's happening is ARM is catching up as far as pro, uh, uh, processor speed and, and ability and all that mm. kind of stuff. And so, I mean, we just saw this week that X, it's the whatever, eight, Computex, the 8C, 8CX. Oh, 8CX. 8CX is beating i5s from like Intel. Like 8th gen. Beating, yeah. yeah. Like so better, faster, better multi-core. Faster than the i5 that's in the Pixel Book, that's in oh, the yeah. Asus C434. Yeah, they're they're, yeah, they're putting it up against yeah, the 8th gen one. So, so, yeah. so correct Super me if I'm... fast. So now you've got seven watts or five right. watts or whatever barely you know drains any little battery because think about the size of the battery in your phone versus the one in your laptop i mean phones last because arm because they're arm-based chips so now you've got something that can draw that little battery and now you're talking performance levels on right. on scale yeah. of even if it's even in the same conversation as a core i5 i mean it's huge huge news it's huge news for servers it's huge news for laptops i mean windows is starting to you know try out and that's what this this 8 cx yeah. chip is meant for windows devices running on arm processors and so i mean arm arm wants to take over the world and intel needs to be shook up honestly so i mean i'm all for it i, I love arm processors and they work better with android apps so on chromebooks especially tablet chromebooks yep. especially thin form factor yep. chromebooks with touch screens and android apps it's kind of a win-win everywhere. It, it it's a little bit of a degradation for Linux. Linux doesn't have nearly as much ARM support because if it's a different infrastructure, uh, they don't have as much ARM support. Um, there's some stuff that works in Linux on ARM and some stuff that doesn't. Everything works on x86 with Linux, but I would take a better Android performance and insane. I mean, we're talking insane battery life you, and you, and price. Oh yeah, and ARM chips let's, are way let's, cheaper. Let's not forget that one very important factor. And uh, there, there are multiple players in the ARM space. We right. also just saw MediaTek getting ready to launch their their 5G first five G integrated chip, mm. and, and but it also has the new uh, A seven seven Cortex. So, so it's, Cortex are the this is getting real nerdy. Um, the Cortex stuff is is <laughs> buckle, how they buckle yeah. your seatbelts, folks. So uh, ARM uh, ARM deals with their cores, and they call them. Their Cortex. Is that just their name for them? Uh, some of the stuff I don't even know, but it is the it, name of the architecture used that on the, runs yeah. the cores. And so as they as they make those better and faster and all that kind of stuff, they keep bumping the number up. So there's Cortex you know, 56 and like the Snapdragon 855 chip that just came out. It's running Cortex 76, A76 right, right. Cortex, the 835 uh, or 845. I'm sorry, that's like in the Pixel 3 stuff like that from last year is the 75 so it's right. a 75 which cortex. most of these run the big little architecture which is the most common in in arm so you'll have the larger 72 and then 56 you'll right. have, yeah you'll you have a couple of these and a couple and, of those or what we're seeing now with the like the latest media tech that's in chrome os it's uh octa core so you have four cores of each uh, yeah and that each one of them works at its own level of efficiency in its own specific area. Yeah, and those so. cores can all do different stuff. And like this one can be in charge, like for phones, you know, this one will do 
you know, um, heart rate monitoring and that kind of stuff. While this one over here is going to handle some other tasks. And, you know, these big cores are the ones that are handling the processing mm. stuff. And then they have GPUs, of course. And so, anyway, all of that to say, like, ARM is just a very different way to go about building processors than x86 is. And um, it's they're more affordable. There are more players in the space. So Samsung makes ARM chips. I mean, Apple makes ARM chips. Uh, you know, so ever, all of Apple's chips they make for iPads and iPhones all arm based um, they make right. their own so arm creates kind of this hey here's this new thing now go run with it and all these makers make stuff so it's competitive market and it's just right. getting better so much faster whereas x86 it's like intel dominates it so much and you got amd coming up they're, they're trying to kind of make a stand here but it's just them like name anybody else that's making x86 chips anybody? msi yeah. who no. msi <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it needs to be shaken up. And I, and I think more than just having other people making x86, like right. this this uh, invasion of ARM chips that's going to happen, I think, in the next few years. Ooh, Rock is, Chip. Don't forget Rock Chip. They, yeah, Rock Chip. ARM processor. Uh, uh, Huawei makes their own stuff, those oh, Helios. Yeah, I that's mean, right. that's the thing. Like these phone makers or gadget makers can be like, you know what? We don't just want to make the phone. We want to make the processor too, so let's license all the stuff from ARM, and right. we'll build a dang factory and start building chips too. And yeah. and that's what Apple's done, and they obviously they do it better than anybody. Uh, the A12X Bionic is a monster. I mean, it is a monster of a chip, and it's ARM, and you still get ten or twelve hours of battery life on your iPad, and right. and it can blow through four K video rendering like it's no big deal. Sure. So it's it's going to get real interesting in the processor space in the next few years, and and Chrome OS obviously sits in a great spot to just kind of enjoy both sides of it. Right. So it's like, hey, cool, we want to we want to roll some ARM stuff. That's fine. Chrome OS is just fine, with which ARM. blows my mind. I mean, I understand Windows is an exponentially larger market, but start start bringing these test units out in in a Chromebook. I right. mean, you want right. you really want to show off what these ARM processors can do? Do it in a Chromebook. And I mean, hopefully, if mm. if Qualcomm, what Qualcomm's doing, you know, and they're saying that they're going to have 845 Snapdragon devices by the second half of this year, we're still waiting. You know, they we're they, rolling up. We're rolling up it, on the second half. Yes, <laughs> let's, and they, let's see them. But they made it pretty clear it's not going to be a device. Like they they want to ready oh, yeah. a fleet of devices. Like they right. want manufacturers to have them. So I think we're going to see them. I don't know where they're hiding in the repositories because we we have not found them. We have but, dug. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking way forward to yeah. seeing lots more ARM so, stuff. Yeah, so I mean, to take this kind of full circle here, I mean, whether or not there is a made-by-Google Chromebook that is a Pixelbook or whatever that's going to be ARM, whether or not that's actually coming or not, whether these developers are just toying with us, the fact is that if they're testing ARM on that baseboard, hopefully they're moving in that direction, and we'll see, like you said, you know, maybe a, a smaller or a, a tablet or whatever, whatever might end up coming out of this. They're testing it. And hopefully that's the path that, that we'll, we'll, we'll see some devices come out of maybe. Yeah. Cause I mean, I imagine hardware somewhat like the pixel slate, you know, with mm. an arm processor in it instead so that it can, they could put the highest level arm processor in there, maybe bring the battery size down just a bit and still have all kinds of battery life, even less weight. Cause I mean, the pixel slate's not the easiest thing to handle physically. Right. And so, I mean, in my head, it, it goes to, and I know we're going to talk about some of this stuff in a minute, but, you know, price coming down, battery life going up, um, you know, being able to build thinner, sleeker, lighter devices, like all of those things are wins around ARM. And it mm -hmm. used to be, well, you're going to sacrifice performance, but that's just not the case, not going to be the case anymore. Exciting stuff. Uh, so you mentioned this, so let's, let's move on here. Let's talk about the slate getting discounted. Um, I think it was 200 bucks, right? Yeah. yeah across two, the board. $200 yeah. the across. off the slate. And, and at that price, and you know, there was some coverage on this at that price. I think it's worth revisiting and, and, and yeah, and it's, maybe, it's worth know. taking a second look. I mean, depending on which camp you're in, I'm, right. uh, I, I, Robbie might agree with me here. It's still hard to pick it up and think, yeah, this right. is my daily driver. The, the price doesn't change that, but it Robbie is tried old, again. Recently. Yeah, he did. Second time he tried again and came in the office one day last week and said, yeah, said, nope. I, I quit. Uh, the same reason he's back on his Pixel 3 XL. Uh, but and the pixel book is back it's scary back. i don't yeah, you know, yeah somebody asked actually commented yesterday or today he is he is driving the pixel books again so <laughs> there you go 
but it is it. it is a lot more appealing at two hundred dollars less. Honestly, that's where it should be priced. It's beautiful hardware. It's it's the cream of the crop uh, for the few tablets that are are out there. But it's just a lot of money, you know. For for the what's the model you can get? The Celerons don't exist, uh, as far as right. I can tell. Yes. They've M3, just stopped making them. Core M three eight gigs. Now you can get four. 600 is that where yeah, it starts? Yeah, 599. So that's, either make it 599 or keep it at 799 and include the keyboard. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fine oh, too. Yeah. I mean, um, honestly. But yeah, like as you mentioned, I attempted to revisit the Pixel Slate because I felt like maybe I didn't give it a fair shake or something. I don't know. Um, and it's a good looking piece of hardware. Like when it's sitting on the table, Joe uses it kind of on a daily basis and I'll see it and think, hmm. Maybe I should try again. And the speakers and the screen and the fingerprint scanner on it, those things are great. I I enjoy using those things. The problem for me was I wanted to try to come at using it again as a tablet first because it, it is it's built and it's right. sold as a tablet right. that you can attach a keyboard to. So similar to an iPad, I would buy an iPad for it to be a tablet and then I would attach a keyboard when needed. So I tried to take that approach to it, and here's my issue, and maybe it would be an issue with an iPad Pro, the big iPad Pro too. I don't want a tablet that big. It's just what it comes down to as far as using it like a tablet. So, you know, like what are the things I would use a tablet for? Well, playing PUBG, and even if PUBG was working well on Chrome OS right now and, and they let Intel chipped, you know, devices run it the right way and, and gave it access to everything, I, it, holding a device that large and playing PUBG on it would feel a little ridiculous. Right. And, uh, it's and that's, heavy and it's, that's the way I feel too. Even, even if it was truly optimized and ran as good as the nicest Android tablet out there, the Samsung tab or whatever, I have a Lenovo tab, the tab four or whatever. It's the 10.1 inch. And even playing PUBG on that feels a little bit unwielding. I mean, it's yeah. a li- little bit large because I'm used to playing on my phone. But you grab the slate and it's just... It's a whole lot of tablet yeah, I mean, and a whole lot of money for a and, whole lot and of it's, tablet. It's small bezels and that rounded glass. I mean, it's holding it by the, its edges is difficult, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, I like reading. I like catching up on news on tablets. I like reading books uh, just because extra screen real estate is nice. I like just browsing through the web a little bit. Um, those types of activities, I just, it wasn't comfortable using the slate for me unless I put it in its keyboard dock. I constantly wanted to put it back in the keyboard dock. The minute you do that, the minute I need the keyboard and trackpad for it to become the device I need it to be in the moment, it's now a Chromebook. It's not a tablet anymore. It's a Chromebook. And as a Chromebook, I stand by what I said mm. in the review, mm. it's not a great Chromebook. Mm. It just isn't. The Pixelbook, if you're if it's Chromebook to Chromebook, we're talking with a keyboard and mouse attached, right. the Pixelbook runs circles around it from a right. usability standpoint. Right. So. I just, just try to set set on the couch over here and try to type with the slate. It's right, it's terrible. Not fun. And and even with the the really nice G type keyboard, I I don't know. Again, you're if, if it was this thing where I was like, I love this tablet and I love using it as a tablet and and it's a great tablet. And and those of you who are Apple haters and whatever, you can't get over the fact like an iPad's a great tablet. Like they have distilled the tablet experience down and made it a great tablet experience. If you want a great tablet, you get an iPad. And so when I approach an iPad, I approach it and I do iPad stuff on it. And that's it. And every once in a while I think, well, I need to bang out a, an email and this is what I've got with me. I'll attach a keyboard and do that real quick. But that's not its primary function. Primarily, sure. I'm holding it as a tablet. I just can't get there with the slate. There, At every turn, I want to use it as a Chromebook again. And not because it has Chrome OS on it, but just because it's big. And it's mm. it's just too large for me to want to use as a tablet. I, I, I even took it with me instead of taking my phone to bed to you know catch up on some news and articles and read a book. I took the slate with me one night and, and laid down and was trying to use it. It was terrible. It's a terrible experience. And so I'm just like, I don't know. I, it, it, I think there's, there's some worth in Google investing in a thinner and lighter tablet and maybe something that's a little smaller. Something, the smaller iPad Pro size, like 11 inches, 11.5 mm-hmm. or something like that, um, where it's, it's light enough to be held in one hand. You can't barely hold, and you probably know this, uh, yeah. you can barely hold the Pixel Slate in one hand because of the bezels and the, without your thumb all over the screen. And so there's no way, but I can pick an iPad up with one hand. I can pick the Acer Chromebook Tab 10 up with one hand and hold it and, and look yeah. at stuff on it. And that sounds small, but it's a huge difference in actually using a device 
as a tablet first. And so, I don't know. It just still ain't working for me. Yeah, to circle back to ARM, I mean, if we're making Chrome OS tablets, let's just get away from Intel, period. The cost factor and all of that, it's just not worth it. Make them more lightweight. You don't have to to cram so much battery in. Make a 9.7-inch premium tablet with an ARM processor and... I'm be honest. I've said this a hundred uh, times. Give me yeah. the Acer Tab 10 yep. with a Snapdragon 845 yep. or 855 in it. I'd be happy. The screen on it's great. Well, it's light. I can use it one handed. It's got a pen included, like high res screen. Like there's nothing else I really want out of it. It's just slow. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I do. I I use the Slate uh, daily, and it's funny. You know, you 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 talking about holding it because it is. It's it's. It's a it's a big tablet. It it hardly <laughs> you can hardly categorize it as a tablet. I love it because I can hop over on the couch or whatever in the, in the mornings if I'm scrolling through you know Google News or whatever. And for me, I really like that. But I don't have another tablet to go grab. So it's the tablet I have. So that's what I use it as. Mm. If I had another one, would I grab the other one instead of that one? Probably. If I had an iPad or if I had and you know, a, down, sm- a smaller tablet, a Chrome OS tablet. It comes down to the physical part of it, too. Exactly. It's, it's, yep. it's just unwieldy to hold. Right. It's a large tablet. And I've not, like on a daily basis, I've not used the big iPad Pro, even the, the one where they've scaled the bezels down and not made it so big. Right. But I imagine it would be some of that same stuff. And yeah. I imagine Apple probably thoughtfully made the edges a little more square so you could hold on to so the dang grab it. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 just hard to hold on to. Is it looks beautiful on a desk? The Slate does. It really does. Uh, and I love everything about the hardware. But yeah, as the a Slate tablet, feels man, much, so much like the uh, original Pixel Chromebook. It has that mentality. It's just a hey, look at this thing we look made. Look at what you could do. We did this. <laughs> yeah. Make forget it, about functionality. <laughs> forget about any of that. We made this beautiful device with the best of the best of the best. But hey, manufacturers, go make some tablets. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. they've learned from this. Yeah. So, I mean, let me ask this question. I mean, this this two hundred dollar discount is that's a steep discount. I mean, yeah. I know it's I know it's an expensive device to begin with, but a two hundred dollar discount that's a, that's a big discount. So, what? Why are they now? How long has this thing been out? Uh, Since November. Yeah. Yeah. A, a while. December, January, February, March, April. Yeah, we can't do six math. Six months. Six months. So it's been out six months and they're discounting at $200. Like, is that, yeah. are, are they just trying to move this thing off the shelves or are they trying to get it in more people's hands? What, what? Probably a little of both. Okay. I would assume. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I think it's, it's more the trying to move them because when it happened, it was Memorial day weekend. So I kind of thought, well, it's just a Memorial day sale because Google started it. And then all the other authorized retailers generally follow Locked that, on. but it's still there. It's yeah. still on sale. It's still all the re- Amazon, Best Buy, all those still have the two hundred dollar discount. I think they're just trying to move them, and maybe, maybe they're making room for something else. Uh, who I knows? Mean, that's my hope. It, it, it's the right time for them to go ahead and get these things moved out. If they just kind of realized, hey, this was this was a miss. Yeah, you know, we missed, um, especially after having hit so well with the Pixel Book. Right. Well, um, just, and, and the Pixel Book didn't get picked up either. The first few months, everybody was talking about how it was. Just a mediocre, overpriced Chromebook, right? You know, but about everyone it was, it was a little them. earlier than this time last year yeah. that people were coming around on it. Like, right, oh, right. Wow. now, this now we're a year and a half out, and it's an amazing piece. To of this day, ninety-five percent of the reviewers that you'll see out there are going to say it's still the best device you can buy. Right? Yeah, I mean, just it's a fantastic yeah. piece of hardware. Um, so, yeah. uh, hopefully, they they kind of regroup, and again, right. they just they missed. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's going to well, happen. And, and tablet mode just wasn't there. No, out of the yeah, gate. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's still in some ways not quite there. Um, and, and so and you've got that mixed on with the the hardware of the Pixel Slate just isn't exactly what you want from, hey, a tablet. think of Chrome OS when you think of tablets. Like It's just like, nah, it's it feels like a detachable Chrombook right. right now is what it this, feels like. This ain't and, it. No, this, this yeah. ain't it. So, um, yeah. So, well... $200 off, folks, if you want to go get one that's out there. Yeah, if you're sold on having a slate or you're sold on a big tablet and you're cool with big, heavy, kind of, we're it's not a little, really heavy. We're a little split split yeah. here on whether we would recommend doing that or not. But if, I, if it's a good fit for you, I mean, by all means, it's $200 off. Go, go yeah, snag go, one. Go get that M3 one. Yeah, I think that would sure. probably be the smartest move Definitely. with the M3 with the 8 gigs of RAM. And, but by the time you add a, a pen and a keyboard, I yep, mean, you're, it's creeping right up right. there. So one other kind of googly thing that I want to talk about before we take a, a quick break here, um, and this is kind of off subject. This isn't necessarily Chrome OS news, but if you're a listener of the Chromecast, you might know that we uh, often stray off a little bit here and there. So uh, 
there are the lens features that Google announced at I.O. that are now starting to show up a little bit. And Robbie, and I know you had a couple thoughts on this. Yeah, I just saw, I think it was just yesterday, uh, that, that stuff's starting to roll out. And uh, pretty exciting, you know, that, that Google Lens, which is now built into the Google camera. So if you're using a, a Pixel phone, I mean, that you just kind of have the stuff built in. But Lens is a part of Google Photos as well. And I, I think you can still get it as a standalone app. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's can. it's in my camera, the regular yeah, OnePlus camera. It's kind of baked in there, into so. a lot of pieces of Android at this point now. But um, and so I don't even know, like, how do you go about? I would guess, like, in the Google camera, you just swipe over to Lens. You just go into Lens, and so like with the OnePlus as well, same thing. Um, if it's not baked into your camera, I'm not sure how you go about getting to it. Uh, It's just kind of becoming part of Android. Anyway, um, you can, this is going to come in really handy for me. I'm going over to Germany in in a little over a week. So I'll be able to hold this up to signs and in real time, just watch uh, AR core at work, retranslate the sign and, and show me the sign in English. Uh, and so any language that it works with, you just real time, whether it's a piece of paper or a sign or whatever, menus, just, man reading just menus. It. Yeah. Uh, um, and it's, it's kind of bonkers. And I remember they worked with this. Uh, I want to say it was like two years ago. I remember being in Atlanta for some reason, uh, visiting my cousin. I was, we were at a Mexican restaurant and I was playing with this. It wasn't in Lens. Lens didn't exist at that point. I think it was in, built into Google Translate for a little bit. It was in the Translate bit. app, yeah. Uh, it was super hit or miss, but when it worked, it was like the coolest bar trick. Uh, you could just hold it up. I was in a Mexican restaurant, so there's plenty of uh, stuff in Spanish, and just held the phone up and just sat there and watched it, look at it for a second, and then there it went into English, and it was so neat. Uh, what they're doing with Lens looks way better, um, and now you've got a couple more years worth of Google Translate knowledge, yeah. and you've got AR Core that could quickly look at these letters and change them. Um, and so just real time, you're just seeing translations happen on your phone. And, and then they, they bundled into that, like the ability to look at a menu, uh, if you're in a restaurant and if it's, it hooks into Google maps info and it knows what menu you're looking at and it'll highlight the popular dishes that other yeah. people in their reviews have pointed out. And so when you click on those discs, those dishes in AR on your phone, it brings up the Google review of that, you know, like the sirloin and blah, 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 at such and such restaurant, like Little stuff like that. I think AR is just going to be a cool, cool thing moving forward uh, in the next few years. Just as they think through this stuff, because Maps did uh, roll mm-hmm. that rolled out too. So if you mm-hmm. do walking direction in Maps now, something you can I've look said at they needed for so yeah. many years. Yeah. yeah, go downtown in any city uh, and try to find your way around, and you'll appreciate it's like, AR. Which maps. way is my little? Thing I don't know pointing. which way I'm pointing. Oh, I'm like spinning in circles yeah, in the middle out, of Chicago. Well, like two, three weeks after we got back from yeah. New York. I'm like, eh, that's great. Head west <laughs> on such and such. I don't even know which way I'm facing. And it's cloudy, <laughs> so I can't see the sun. So yeah, I barely have service. Right. <laughs> and so to be able to look through your phone and see the directions like on the street, and it's smart enough to look at the buildings right. and take Insane. Google Maps info and know, hey, you are pointed this way for sure. We'll yeah. lay the map on, on the phone in front of you so you can see it clearly. Right. That's really cool tech. That's just some cool stuff Google's doing. We love it. We love Google stuff. So, folks, we're going to take a break real quick, and uh, we'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service, and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord, N-O-R-D. All right, folks, welcome back. And uh, we're going to kind of hop right into a couple quick news items here. Uh, first up, let's talk about the auto update policy. Gabe, you wrote about this week, so let, let folks know uh, what's going on there. Yeah, so this, this isn't anything new, and we've actually written about it a, f- a few times. Uh, but every every Chrome device, much like many Windows devices or software, has what's called an end of life. Google refers to it as an auto update policy. So that sounds better than yeah, end auto of updates. Life. <laughs> like like your on this day, dying. your Chromebook's gonna die. Yeah, your no, Chromebook's but gonna depending be gone. on what device you have, each device has a month and a year that it is guaranteed to get updates for. Uh, that's either five or six and a half years, depending on the device. But Google has a support page with pretty much every device that's ever made, and the the date for that but i put out a quick article because 
I see a lot of people buying Chromebooks like uh, my example was the Acer R11. Great Chromebook in its time, but it's really long in the tooth. And uh, I think it's next year or 2022, it's going to reach its end of life. So it's not guaranteed to get updates anymore. So we just wanted people to be more informed when they're buying stuff. You can go to the go to the website, chromebox.com, check out the article, and there's a link to Google's page. So if you're thinking about buying a device or you're curious about the one that you already have, you can find out when that when that auto update's going to end. Uh, because there's no guarantee. You might get it for a few months after that. I know I have a I have an OG Pixel. Uh, but yeah, Pixel Chromebook, and it got updates for a few months afterwards. Mm-hmm. But generally, when that date hits, you're done. You can't force them. You can't manually update them. Your only option is to turn it into like a cloud-ready, neverware machine. Right. So. so, so folks might see a great deal on a Chromebook out there, and they're like, "Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab right. this thing because it's only you know yeah fifty dollars." And that's what yeah, that's what gets me is that if you look on Amazon, these sellers can list these devices however they want. So you'll see a, a Chromebook that was released four years ago and the title will be like newest 2019 Chromebook (laughs) Samsung 5 and it was a Chromebook that launched nine years ago. They just happen to have one that's still in the box. That does not mean it's new. That means it's going to die soon. Right. So, um, well, and I, I think the, uh, another important point with all of this is, you know, like Google set those things in motion as far as having auto update policies. And as you said before, it's not when this day comes where we are absolutely shutting it off, it's only, we're just guaranteeing it only right. through those dates. And so as, as Google has become much better at creating unibuilds and baseboards that work on multiple devices, my, my guess would be some of this will change as time goes on. So as some of the devices we've seen made in the last few years, um, once they start reaching their end of life, I would bet, and I don't know this for sure, but I would bet you'll see that extend out longer because mm. the, it's easier now for them to keep Support multiple that. devices supported because the the structure of Chrome OS has changed versus saying, hey, you know, like the original uh, twenty thirteen um, Chromebook Pixel uh, was uh, what third generation uh, Intel Ivy Bridge, yeah, whatever that thing yeah. was called, and so like the architecture of chips have changed so much, but. If you think once we got to like Broadwell ish, Skylake ish, we haven't changed that much right. over the course of those years. And so it would stand to reason that as they, those devices, so fifth gen and on devices start reaching into life, they might be like, eh, you know, you're past your guaranteed point, but We're who still, knows? You might yeah, see because honestly, uh, as far as Intel is concerned, everything we've had in the last three years, core wise, is based off of Skylake. So right. that eight like gen KB Lake you have in your Chromebook right now, it's just it's the same architecture. It's just been tweaked. So and, and I, I get it. There's a lot of people that that will comment, and even more so lately, that five years isn't long enough. And I kind of get that, but at the same time. And there's always exception to the rule, but if you have a five-year-old Windows device, even if you're still getting updates, the thing's probably slow. Honestly, it's probably yeah. slowed Especially down drastically. If you go to the six and a half years that some of these devices right. are getting. So, but you look back two or three years ago, the average cost of a Chromebook was less than three hundred dollars. So even though you only got five years out of it, it's still cheaper to replace it than it is mm. to buy a nine or nine hundred dollar, thousand dollar Windows device that's going to be slow as a snail three right, years that's, from now that's why I, I just i get the feeling that now that we're starting to kind of get into the era where a lot of people are buying mid-range so the mm-hmm. four to six hundred dollar chromebook mm-hmm. uh with with pretty good regularity if, if our statistics are anything to go by that maybe this will soften up a little bit i'm not saying that they will guarantee it past six and a half years ever right. I, I seriously doubt they'll guarantee it i'm just saying some of these devices that people that sunk just, 600 bucks right. in you know you might get seven or eight years out of it and honestly if you're getting that long out of a laptop Right. It's and it's tough. It's tough with Chrome OS because Chrome OS keeps getting better and a lot of older devices actually are faster than they were when you bought them. And so it's like, well, it's not slower. Why would I get rid of this? Why would I get rid of this device that basically is accessing cloud stuff and the operating system's gotten leaner and faster? Right. Like, why would I get rid of it? It's working mm-hmm. fine. And I completely get that. I one hundred percent get that from Chrome consumers, even if they only pay three hundred bucks for it. It's like you don't want it to just go away just because some arbitrary rule. And so it's a it's a weird policy for sure. And they have to put it in place. I mean, at some point you have to say we can't guarantee you updates on this device after X, Y, Z date because they can't just keep piling on the development like they got to keep moving forward with new devices. But 
it's just a it's a rock and a hard place for sure. Yeah, sure, sure. So uh, moving on here, guys, let's talk about duo group calls. So this is something that is uh, rolled out on Android on phones, and we're hopeful that this will be something that that comes to the web soon. So for those that don't know, uh, give folks a little bit of an idea of what duo is and and how they could use duo now and then what what it could mean moving forward. Yeah, duo is a cross-platform messaging service from Google. It came out the same time as Allo. And Allo died. R.I.P. Allo. Rest in peace. We loved it. Yes. Uh, a lot of people loved Allo, just not enough people, apparently. I, ju- I just <laughs> finally deleted it off my phone like three days ago. A lot of people liked it, just it's not, not enough. enough. <laughs> yeah. um, unfortunately. and But a lot of the same thought and, and consideration went into building Duo, and it did catch on. Uh, I'm not saying that everybody and their brother uses Duo, but lots of people do. And so uh, the benefit there, like with my family, the people that have Apple stuff, it's so much easier to say, hey, throw Duo on your device too. It works via your Gmail account or your phone number. Uh, and then we can make video calls on anything. So right. an iPad, an uh, iPhone, Android phone. Um, and now that it came to the desktop eh, a few months back, yeah. you know, like really, really came to the desktop and, and not in a way where you're installing an Android app or anything like that. It was just go to the web. It's just a web Same app. Same as Allo did. Um, yeah, just... And so, um, and it works really well there too because you don't have to go and scan anything or like you have to do with WhatsApp or like you did with Allo. It's it's still tied to your phone number and your Google account, um, which is eventually going to be a really cool thing, I think, as a lot of these you know things keep getting tied into your Google account. We're going to have more and more abilities to do stuff just with that account on the web. But the web version a lot of times tracks a little bit behind the app. And so right now we don't have this group calling feature. And, and for those of you who've been using Duo, this is no surprise. But if you haven't used it, I would say try it out. It's a great, yeah. great service. It just It's very simple. It does exactly what you expect it to do, and it gets out of the way. Um, it's really good at doing that. Uh, but it was always a one-to-one. So I would call someone, they would call me, whatever, and that was the way it worked. Um, and just like with FaceTime rolling out, group chats uh at some point i don't remember when they did that uh allo or a duo has done the same thing so um now you can do up to eight people in a group chat uh, because honestly as hangouts is kind of being uh sunsetted and moving to more of a corporate mm-hmm. place uh, general users don't have access to these group uh, uh, video calls and so uh, the way it handles it the more people that get added in it just keeps dividing the screen up into like blocks and uh, it, how many? How many can you do on there? Right eight, now? eight total right now. I don't know if they're going to up that or if that's just the total. And Man, you get more than eight people on a video call. That that would just that's be. a lot. It's a lot. Like I get like for, for corporate call, right? Corporate stuff. I yeah. get that. But when you're just talking about it, this, is not made for that. This when was is the last time you said thought, "Man, I've got nine friends I want to talk to at the right. same time." I just you know I could see one or two being in there, and that's yeah. kind of probably what they're aiming it at. So we're excited to see it. Uh, group calls, especially, roll out to the desktop because that's just. For us, I mean, and I'm sure for a lot of users, that's the easiest and most common place that you're like, eh, I'm going to do a video call. Like, I mean, just pop the thing open and go. And again, it's a web app and it uses all the new technologies that Google's working on. And so you just open it up and it goes and no installation needed. And just mm-hmm. sign in WebRTC. Right. Boom, going. Boom. And I mean, this is something cool. Like this is something, you know, we'll, we'll definitely use. But I mean, for like families and stuff. And I mean, even... Even, you know, work projects, you've got a group that you're working on a certain project mm-hmm. and it's just so much easier to get on a, you know, video call and maybe you want to show them something and you don't want to have to do all the other, right. you know, <laughs> you know, web conferencing and all that crap. So it's like, hey, let's just, let's just open up a duo call. Boom. I can show you all this real quick and you're ready to roll. So this is something really cool. I, I love this. I think this is, this is yeah, great. I can't wait to great. see it on the web. So it's unfortunate. Like I think Hangouts Meet is only for G Suite customers, isn't it? Like yes. You, General Google users can't use Hangouts Meet, I don't think. And that's unfortunate because Hangouts Meet was doing all of this stuff before. Like, they're using what they're figuring out same, with that to roll stuff, out to, yeah. to Duo. Uh, and their their meeting stuff has become awesome because, again, it's a web client. So I go and create a meeting. I, you don't have to have G Suite to use it. You just have to do it, I think, to create the meeting. So right. I can go create a meeting. I just send you a link. You click the link, yeah. and you're in the meeting. Or it's in the calendar invite. Like right. it, it, yeah, they, just they're part just of including the it down in there. It's already made technically. You don't yeah. have to technically even create it so when you create all, an event. Gone on your are calendar. those days yeah. of like, oh, mm-hmm. well, go download this app and then sign up for an account for such right. and such. None, nothing is right. neat. They don't even need a Google account to get yeah. in. They just click on that thing 
And as long as you've invited them as a guest with that email, right. it knows Love to it. let them in. Mm-hmm. They come in. It's all web-based, so nothing to download, yeah. nothing to install, no plugins. It's just it's a yeah. thing of beauty. And so I hope to see all of that functionality trickle down to uh, to Duo for just general users uh, that are that are casually making video calls because it's a cool way to communicate. Absolutely. So, Robbie, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with you here for a second. Uh, we were we were just discussing something right before we uh, started recording the podcast, uh, and I think you wanted to talk through a little bit of this. So, the Magic Trackpad number two, uh, which we did a video on this. Why was six months did we do a ago? Video? I think we did. Maybe. Didn't we? I can't remember. Uh, maybe we did. It was in October. <laughs> we, I looked. We make up the a lot article. of videos. We make a lot of videos. I think we did. I think we did a video of you you using it. So that we, maybe yeah, I think we did. So anywho, uh, uh, so that you, was you, back in that time. It was in it was dev. It was it was in the early stages. Mm-hmm. So you tested it out again, and what what happened? Yeah, somebody I saw a Reddit thread or something come up, and they were just like, "Hey, by the way." Magic Track Pack's working great. I, right. like, I haven't even thought about that since October. So I grabbed one at uh, at the office and paired it up with my Chromebook. And I'm in the stable channel on the Pixelbook uh, with no flags, nothing. So just right out of the box, it paired right up. And every single gesture works. So double clicks, right clicks, single clicks, scrolling, uh, overview mode, moving between tabs, pinch zoom, all of it. All of it works feels like butter and we know that uh bridge is coming out with a trackpad for this for chromebooks the c touch so it'll go along with the c type um that that just came out last week um and started shipping and while we know that's coming and i can't wait for a like chromebook dedicated thing Mm -hmm. like that would i will obviously have that and carry that around and keep that and use that on a daily basis while you're waiting Mm-hmm. And, and or why? if you just have a magic trackpad already yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. who knows like they, they, you might just have one uh, they're not cheap but they're like great like 129 dollars yeah. i think is what they go for right now mm-hmm. um i may or may not have looked it up on best buy <clears throat> after i realized it's working again so um, robbie's, robbie's gonna have a magic trackpad too i'm gonna he, give it six hours yeah I was like, <laughs> he's probably gonna pick it up after the show's over we're gonna be like Robbie. Where are you going? I gotta go run for a walk. I gotta I gotta run a couple errands real quick. I'll be right back. But yeah, while I'm waiting, because I mean, it could be late fall sure. by the time we see the the trackpad from Bridge. Um, we're not really sure when that's going to happen. So while we're waiting, class you know, trackpad, really yeah, nice. Yeah. And I said it in the article when I wrote this in October. You know, I don't I don't uh, give Apple a lot of of credit for a lot of things. There's certain things that you have to just be like, okay. They either do this better than anyone else, or we have such and such because Apple did it first, right. mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, there's a, there's quite a few things that that fall into that category, whether we like it or not. Um, and the trackpad and gestures on a trackpad and a glass trackpad and all these things around trackpads that we have on Windows and Chrome OS now, all because of Apple. I sure. mean, they decided at some point in the MacBook history, like. We're going to put a cool trackpad on here because if you remember, trackpads before that were about two inches wide, about two inches tall, and were literally terrible. I mean, they're terrible experiences using. Right. And a lot of people hated trackpads forever because all they'd ever used was one on a Windows machine. And then, you know, Apple kind of came and changed that trajectory, and Chrome OS picked up on it before. Uh, Windows actually started doing their precision trackpad stuff and started precision touchpad, I think is what they call theirs. But all of that became a thing because Apple did it first. And because they've been kind of just pouring into trackpads and gestures and how to make it smooth and all that kind of stuff, the the Magic Trackpad 2 is a phenomenal piece of hardware. I hope the C-Touch is close. Um, I don't expect it to be as good because Apple's been doing this for a while, making trackpads. Because theirs is all haptic driven, so the Magic Trackpad 2 is literally just solid. It's a solid thing with a piece of glass on top, and yet the haptics are so good. It feels like a click. Where it feels like a click, and it's the same way on what 2015 and up MacBooks. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. maybe 14. 14, I think. That's when they started doing the haptic trackpad on there. So no moving parts. Nothing's moving. It just vibrates in such a way that I you cannot tell. Like I yep. no one could tell if I didn't tell them what was going on that that thing is not moving. It Until feels you like turn it's it off and you turn it off it, and, and it's, like, it's as solid as the table. What? Yeah, it's, yeah it's, then it's your crazy. mind's just baked after that. It's, it's crazy that they can do yeah. that. And yeah. that's just years and years of research and pouring into mm-hmm. it and, and and experience. I say all of that to say yeah the Apple trackpad 2, Magic trackpad 2, what a dumb name. Um 
But it's magic, Rob. <laughs> the whole ma- it's it magic. It's magical. Stop it. It's not magic. It's science. Um, but the. <laughs> but it, it, regardless of its dumb name, and regardless of the fact that it's Apple, and yeah, it works better with a Mac or whatever, it pairs up great with a Chromebook. And you, I, I wouldn't say you'd be hard pressed to find a better trackpad. You will not find a better trackpad. It's not even close. There's not even a. Is what, there another glass trackpad out there? Logitech. Logitech makes one. They stopped making them. Yeah. They don't make that anymore. You can buy it on eBay. The T650 is great. It's still mechanical, so it requires it to be sitting on a surface to be able to push against. Um, Mm -hmm. I love my T650. It's great. Um, Mm -hmm. I've lent it to somebody for an extended period at this time, so I haven't had it around in a while. Um, But That's the excuse he's going to use to go buy the Magic Trackpad. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Uh, But it requires a dongle. Mm -hmm. You have to have that USB-C dongle because it's a Logitech thing. Magic Trackpad, no no issue. It just hooks up Bluetooth. And again, no moving parts. So I had a T650 before the one I've got now where one of the feet went bad. So the click wouldn't work anymore because it's a mechanical click. No, no issue with that. And then the the C type or I'm sorry, C touch will be the same thing from bridge. So it's going to be all haptics, no moving parts, which is just awesome. And we got our hands on uh, with that early prototype. Yeah. But it felt early. Oh, the glass felt amazing. And it looked great. If you've seen the the keyboard, it looks identical. It just has that same look and feel. It's like to be able to have that pair would would, be really nice. And, And to know like, It'll be interesting to see how their haptics are. Sure. You know, I don't I don't know how good yeah, that we can... Need to, we need to see. Yeah, I cannot wait to see that thing. But in the meantime, if you need a trackpad yeah, and you want is, a trackpad outside of your device, this is awesome. it are is you, are, by far the are, best are choice. Are you going to put up a new article on this? Yes. So okay, there'll, be, so, yeah. there'll actually be an article up. As you're listening to this right now, there should be an article up mm-hmm. on the website. Yeah, about so right curlmanbox.com, go check it out. Yep. Uh, get all the details. Um, so let's, let's move on here, guys. Let's talk about um, USI, the... Correct me. Universal stylus 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 Is it multiple? I use stylus? the word styli, which <laughs> is correct English, but apparently styluses is correct English also. Oh, it's our I, awesome language. It just I, changes all the time. Because English. That's I why I tell my I daughter all the that. time. She's like, I don't understand. I'm like, it's, it's English. It doesn't don't worry make about sense. It doesn't, it doesn't Anyways, need to make anywho, sense. Honey. Yeah, it's <laughs> the universal stylus initiative. So, yeah. What do you want to know about it? I'm an, I'm an expert. I read their whole website. <laughs> so what 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 is what is this? Right, well, anyway, yeah, back in 2015, 2016, the USI it's a nonprofit uh, initiative. They're trying to create a universal way to use a stylus. So you will have a stylus that has these standards, and it will work across devices. So um, these manufacturers of digitizers and and styli. I can take my stylus, and if it has the USI standard in it, I can use it on any device that I want that has a digitizer in it that works. Because like the way it is right now, if you take a Pixelbook pen and try to use it on another device, if it does not have that exact Wacom digitizer in the display, it's not going to work. Right. It's just going you're not going to do anything but smudge your screen up. So the USI is trying to create a universal standard. Um, there's a lot of big names on board, Samsung, Wacom, um, Dell. But Google joined back in 2016, and they've actually filed a patent to create this stylus that will work in between devices, and it will actually store data. So you could copy things from one device and then paste it on another device, granted if it has that universal stylus. They should standard. call that the magic pen. Yeah, it's the magic pen. The <laughs> magic not stylus. Apple magic pen. <laughs> yeah, why is the Apple pencil not magic? Is that not it's just not good enough. It's, it's only normal. Because it doesn't it, have any magic. It has it. to recover from last generation where they plugged it where in. It was terrible. <laughs> oh my gosh. Where it was the dumbest thing. Who did ever that made? and thought this will be a good idea. This Let's have perfect. the pencil sticking out the butt of the device. No perfect. one's going to break this yeah, off. Okay. <laughs> perfect example though of Apple doing something and then figuring it out yeah, and, and doing they, it yeah, better. Yeah, like the way the yeah. new pencil drops on, yeah. I so wish it's, that was a thing. Yeah, the pixel amazing. book or the slate or any other device yeah. that has a standalone pen. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, moving on. Man, <laughs> opinions. Um, so we found a new Chromebook uh, that's in the works. Uh, you can check it out on, on the website as well. Uh, Bluge. Bluegard, mm-hmm. I think it's called Bluegard. Uh, it has added support for USI Stylus, which is which is really cool that that's in there because this is such a new thing and it's awesome to see new features come to Chromebooks so quickly. But unless I'm wrong, and I'm still waiting to get the official word on this, there's not a device on the market with this type of uh, of uh, digitizer and stylus. 
Windows, Apple, anything. So this could be not only a Chrome OS first, but an industry first. We may see this being the birth of devices where you can go buy XYZ stylus that has this USI standard, and I can use it on any Chromebook that, that comes out with it. So that'll be a big deal. And with Wacom being on board with USI, they could very well, moving forward, make all of their digitizers work with this standard. So any panel work. Is there any, I, and I haven't read much on this, but is there anything denoting like the ability for current hardware to, to become part or like mm. to, to get any kind of like Google's pen or whatever the, the pixel book pen, like, is it possible that that thing, it becomes like, Oh, this is our pen and it's a standard or would they have to probably rework some of the internals to, to make it fit? Short answer. I do not know. Yeah, I I, not I'm not sure. I mean, that. the, the pixel book cool. pen has a yeah. degree of, of, uh, I mean, I guess, does it have a firmware? Is that, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that works. I don't it's pretty. Think it's so. pretty simple the way the way those AES styli, styluses work. So I'm not sure if they would be able to update that uh, retroactively or right. not. Yeah, I didn't know if like the standard. It's as standards go. Like, is the standard going to be part of? Because obviously, it's going to be partially the digitizer that's on the screen that right. matters. And so if if like the Pixelbook pen already conforms to that standard and the, the standard, and, you know, and, it, it and that is possible, one of them, uh, it is yeah. Google, Google being one of the first big names to join the USI movement and they've kind of put it on help put it on the map. The Pixelbook pen may already meet those requirements. Right. It's just going to be a matter of do I have a device that has a touch it's screen work, yeah. that will do it. Right. Maybe. I don't know. So it would be cool to know that like I bought this pen because I like this pen. You know, like you don't have to go and wonder whether certain ink is going to write on certain paper. Like you just, mm. you go to the store and you buy a pen cause it's comfortable cool. or you buy it because you like the way that that particular ink feels and the way the rollerball works and like pilot G twos are like legendary, awesome pens. And so you go buy a G two because the way it writes is the way the pen goes to the paper. And, and you don't think about like, mm, is that ink going to work on that paper? And like to be able to know that I bought this sure. pen cause I like the writing yeah. experience. I don't care about which device it is. I just yeah. pick the device up. I can write and do my thing on it because right. like, this is my pen. You know, like that's a cool thought. Um, but as standards go, and I'm sure it will not be an easy thing to get over because everybody wants their control of their thing. And like getting Apple on board, for instance, seems like almost an impossible hurdle to me. But yeah, we'll and, and they're the only real big one out there that's not on board. And like, and like Robbie said, they probably won't be. I'm still trying to get some more details, but it seems like these this these will only apply to AES style pens, so it won't be the EMR uh, devices like we see in the Acer Spin and the Tab 10, but I might be wrong. Like I said, I've reached out to USI, and hopefully we get some more details, and uh, we'll know some more. Yeah, so stay tuned. I, the, that's another one that, that isn't out there yet, but you're you're writing that article, right? So that'll be up on the site for folks to check out? Yes, yes it will. Yes. So chromeunbox.com. Check it out, folks. So last thing, last thing, guys. Again, we said we, said we were going to have a short podcast this week, uh, and we're at uh, 51 minutes. So uh, last thing, real quick, uh, let's talk about a video that we put out this week. Uh, we did a What's in the Bag with Robbie, and this was, this was kind of fun because Robbie – didn't really know we were going to do this. Uh, he, he, he showed up at the, at the headquarters here, and we said, uh, I said, hey, we're going to do a video. We're going to do a what's in the bag, but I just want to kind of be candid. I want you to actually like just get the things out of your bag that you're using. And I said, sure, Joe, whatever you want. Let's, like, <laughs> let's yeah. do it. Yeah, whatever you want to do. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it was, it was cool to do it that way uh, instead of like, I don't know. And I'm not saying any, it, YouTube creators or anybody else um, – really curates their bag um i don't i don't know i, I don't think know. some of those videos are definitely some, like some of them we, they, they've packed it full of stuff things and yeah, yeah sure here's my tech bag and yeah, it's and like that's, you that's, don't carry around all those things i know you don't right and yeah. um and so it's impossible to know which which is which and that's fine um but for us it was literally like even the little goofy y cables and some rca adapters and just crap that's Dongles. in my bag and i got a whole walmart bag full of stuff that's that i took out when we went to new york because uh, I didn't want to travel with most of that stuff, just extra HDMI cables and a couple extra adapters and stuff that's still sitting under my bed. Like I haven't put it back. I've, I've kept it out of my bag for since Surprising. you know six months, uh, and still had a table full of stuff out there. So it was cool to just lay all that stuff out and do our best to find links to say, hey, here's where you can go buy something like this or this exact thing, and kind of just go through and explain. Like here's I carry this stuff for a reason. Like it's not. 
I don't just cram very, stuff in my bag for no reason. It's like very I, utilitarian. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I want to be able to have some of these things so that if somebody needs a cable or we need to hook something up or we need to test something, like there's a good chance I'll have something that would we can. Yeah. Everyone it. around knows that if something's needed, go ask Robbie. He's probably got it in his I bag. I can't tell you how many times around oh, the man. office it was like, hey, Robbie, do you have that that dong the the HDMI to, to whatever, whatever cable to guy? <laughs> he's got he's got all the cables. Yeah. Oh, and there, oh, by the way, there's a lot of people asking because uh, i know he put the brand on there but a lot of people asking what exact bag that is it's the Thule, Thule, yes. right Thule. it is the crossover but it is the original crossover yeah. if you go to Thule's website right now they have version crossover two, two. Yes. so his is the original 25 liter crossover yeah and i've thought about getting the two just because it's new and i like new things obviously but um my bag looks awesome still mileage and, out of it too yeah, yeah i mean my gosh there's, yeah, we there's got our, barely a fray on it you yeah know? i'm just like and so that's that's a testament to Thule and yeah. their uh, just amazing build quality on bags. So, yeah, I mean, we, if you're looking for a bag and they got one that fits what you need as far as pockets and stuff, go get one. Oh, it's Gosh, great. They're awesome. I change bags like every three weeks. I'm on. Uh, what am I? Oh, I'm on the Sunny bag right now. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be getting. I'll show you guys that sometime. It's a rechargeable backpack. So, but yeah, Robbie's had that for longer than he's been in the Chrome OS business. Yeah, for sure. And, and and there were yeah, I mean, officially <laughs> yeah because I've had it for I think six years now. Yeah, there was a there was an interesting switch up at that time. You 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 had the the flip C four thirty four in your mm-hmm. bag. Yeah, I'm sure folks were confused and startled and baffled by that. Yeah, and uh, I, I was trying. I really was considering. I, I was pretty close to being like, I think I'm I'm going to trade in the Pixelbook for this, and I'm, I'm going to stick with this. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I think what got me with it was just the like a lot of times I find myself just sitting on a couch or whatever and, and writing through an article and. Um, I don't know. There's something about the Pixel Book and its keyboard and trackpad combo are so good, mm-hmm. and the device is so like well weighted and light. Like in just really random scenarios, it's still very comfortable to use. Um, like sitting on a desktop, uh, I don't know that I would necessarily choose it over every other device. But like in just various scenarios, it's so good. Uh, it's just so good to use. And um, I just, at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, like it's all about productivity and getting mm-hmm. stuff done yep. Yep. and knowing that the machine's going to deliver and it's not going to get in the way. Um, and like the, the C434 trackpad, it being that not quite as nice trackpad, like whatever plastic it's made out of, it just, if it's even slightly humid in the room, just like sticky. just drags yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. And that it, you use a trackpad all the time. Like it's just constant. And so when it's not good, it's, it's noticeable. Like it's a sore thumb, oh, yeah. especially really when you're used yeah. to using one with a glass trackpad on it. It's yeah. it's so noticeable, and it's just such a, um, a hindrance on actually getting sure. stuff done. Sure. And so that just pushed me right back to my Pixel Book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there was uh, the the other thing in there that I want to point out was the Ymaxit, uh portable USB C mm-hmm. touchscreen display. Uh, you had it in your bag. I've used it quite a bit uh, here around the office um great great little display i mean this thing is just awesome we've got a review coming up real soon on that so stay tuned yeah and if Um, you're if you're interested at all in it and you go watch the video on youtube and see that there and then you can see the unboxing on youtube as well uh you can go to amazon just search why max it like why max w-i-m-a-x-i-t uh, you'll find it pretty quickly. It's two sixty or something like that right. for a touchscreen. But it's touchscreen. It's a very good mm-hmm. picture for a portable monitor because built again, in speakers. Yeah, and speakers are terrible, but, they, but they're there. They're, they're there. They get you there in a pinch. And the cool part is, if you've never used one of these USB C monitors, it's just one one cable plugs in, just works. And so you can extend a display with one cable. It gets its power, power from your device. Yeah, that's the big thing. This one has an extra power thing on it, so you can actually hook up power to it and hook up. I mean, it's got HDMI out if you wanted to use HDMI instead. It, it's it's super flexible, and the, the picture looks really good. Most of the portable displays we've used are pretty dim for obvious reasons. They're, being, they're pulling from your laptop's battery, so you don't want them to get crazy bright. Um, with this, you can obviously adjust the brightness down, but I think it's rated at 250 nits is what they list it in the, uh, on Amazon. And it's every bit of that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, is, it, yeah. it looks good. Like colors are good. IPS, the viewing angles are great. It's, it's, it's impressive. Yeah. I mean, I put it, I put it up next to the, the slate and up next to my MacBook and, I mean, obviously, it's not, it's not, right. it's not as good, but as a portable monitor risk. that I'm, I'm just going to be carrying around with me, I, I did a little bit of calibration on it, uh, messed around with a couple settings, and I got it I got it 
close enough that it's not noticeable for me to sit and, right. and use it with either of those devices, right. which is impressive. which is which is really impressive. So, yep. so yeah. So folks, if you all want to see that video, the, the what's in the bag with Robbie, what's actually in his bag? We, yes. we made sure. Yeah, we went actually. The, we went actually. The real yeah. stuff. This real is life. The real deal. This is the real deal stuff. So if you want to check that out, head over to our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com forward slash Chrome Unboxed. Um, you can go to the site. There's articles and the, and the videos are on there too. Uh, and everything we talked about, most of these things we talked about are on the website as well. So chromeunbox.com. Make sure to go check that out. Hope you all enjoyed uh, this episode uh, a little bit a little bit longer. I don't know. Maybe this is just the length of our podcast. I think this is I just going to be what it is. <laughs> so. This is just a, yeah. We had a goal of doing like 30 to 40 minutes, uh, but that just doesn't seem to be happening. So hopefully you all enjoy this. If you did, let us know. Hit us up on social media. Uh, send us a message. Um, but guys, hope you all enjoyed. We'll see you next time. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.